Well, I was trying to condense everything that I mentioned. A minute or less when I called to confess and make all of my stresses go bye-bye. Did you get my message? You didn't like gas. Cause if you did, you would have called me with your sweet intent. And we could give it a rest. Get a beat in our breast. Making all of the pressure go sky high. here from God FM. I hope you're having an amazing day. Uh, it's God's Sabbath day today and uh, it's the 4th of Se- uh, February 2023 and yeah, what's my message about today? Well, God is alive in the words as in go spell. <laughs> as in, did you get my message? Uh, well, actually, you know, it took me quite a long time to find a song for this today. The Lord did give me a song in my head, but I couldn't work out what it was. So I then spent ages trying to find it. And then I got other ones, but they weren't as good as what I knew he was trying to show me. Anyway, finally, I came across this one. And the Lord said, put in, did you get my message? <laughs> Okay, and that's what came up. So, 
that was uh, a very good one. And uh, so when Jesus was here, his main message was the kingdom of God has come upon you. So I think that's very relevant um, because the gospel is also a message. And the Lord is a word and it is a story, but it's also the book and the Bible and then letters within it. So it's quite intense, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, I promise you that uh, we will get there. We have got the Lord. Um, sometimes I just, when I have these things from the Lord, I just feel so overwhelmed. My poor little brain cannot comprehend or put it all together. And I struggle sometimes because just when I'm getting there, my mind races and I go on to something else. And it's like when you have a conversation with someone and then you forget what you're talking about because you're trying to remember what you were going to say and then someone else says something and then you can't remember what it was you were going to talk about. You can actually be mid-sentence when this happens. I don't know if they're putting stuff you know, in the air or whatever to make us more stupid. But I've noticed it um, and I really have to concentrate sometimes. So, yes, my sermon today is God is alive in the words, as in go spell. And the reason I've done this is because I often talk about the words that I get from the Lord and the revelations in the words. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I should just do a whole sermon on it because I often drop in the odd word and, and I just think, well, I just want to explain how it all works, how I see it and uh, what the Lord has told me. So in today's sermon, for example, what I got was the words, to talk about the words. So I was like, right, okay, I had various different titles and then I would get headings and then I would get scripture to put with it and then my own commentary uh, as well. And that's how I normally construct my sermons. I have to be honest as well, I've been quite distracted with some of my other sermons and the main theme of it sometimes gets a little bit carried away with something else. Um, so I've, I've also given myself a little bit of a kick up the bottom on that one. So I'm hoping it'll be more concise because otherwise it can cover so many different elements and it can get just a bit too much because I think our brains just can't com comprehend too much all in one go. Oh dear, so much to say, isn't there? <laughs> I'm quite a chatterbox. When I get going, sometimes I just get completely distracted. And so anyway, we just try and remain calm. Take a deep breath. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, you can find God FM on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Love Heart Radio. Uh, all the other ones as well. We're on, we're on YouTube and TikTok, but there's not much on them. We've all got all our videos on BitChute and God FM Media on Telegram. 
with all our media creations and got FM news for the chat on Telegram if you want to come and chat for proper sermons, listening to them. Definitely go and pay uh, a visit to Podbean. There's no charge. Okay, so just uh, sign in, give yourself an email and password on this and then it'll notify you and it'll keep your space where you've been listening. Um, and so, like the other day, I had someone ask me uh, about the resets. So I, I fished out all the sermons that contain resets and uh, gave them a nice list, about 20 different sermons. Uh, and then I did a sermon on the resets. I got completely carried away um, with that sermon. So that's just one example. <laughs> so, um, yes. What's so amazing about the Lord is that he is alive in the words. And so I got that this morning, that it's all to do with the words. And um I thought, well, how can I convey this to you, what the Lord has shown me? So there's so many different things that have happened, but the main one, and I always say this, is the Lord is the word in heaven and he is the word in the written form. And then he also is alive in the flesh and comes alive inside you once you're reborn in Christ and you've done the sinner's prayer. So we don't have to go to churches and all this third parties anymore. We can have a one-to-one with the Lord. This is one of the key things about the word, because if you think about it, the priesthood and the way it was set up was restraining the word from manifesting into the physical world exactly what the Lord had intended. So unfortunately, because we've got good and bad, Satan always comes along and tries to scupper everything. But the Lord turns that round and uses this to a benefit so that all of it together unifies and makes it all really sort of clear and true. So you do have to have a bit of bad and a bit of good, um, a black and a white and uh, rich and poor and all this, because how would you know what it's like to be full of joy unless you've experienced total chaos and dismay? So these are the things I found and that the Lord's in control. So it doesn't matter what happens. It's about seeking the Lord. So let's start. <laughs> okay. So my first heading is God is alive in the Word. So God is alive in the Word's Don't you think that's amazing? He's alive in the words and the letters. And the whole thing comes together by speaking, as in go spell, gospel. There's so many words that I've come across. And it goes on all about the world and the Lord and the truth. I also get it in my dreams as well. Um, And you can figure it all out if you take the words apart. They are alive, um, and it is incredible because this word comes alive inside us, as in, according to the will of the Father. And the will is all, also to do with, and uh, not only about life, but 
you're willing and also it's a, a bit like wishing willing you know you're willing it forwards as in we're told in when we pray to see it in your mind as answered see the victory in your prayer see the resolution in your mind so but positive thinking as well willing it but then there's the will when you write a will when someone dies and uh, so you know there's so many elements to each word that's so incredible mm -hmm. uh, we're also the witnesses when we receive the holy spirit and uh, we're called to be the witnesses uh, by jesus and uh, then we have ears to hear and eyes to see through the Holy Spirit who comes alive inside us. My next heading is Bible. God comes alive. In John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So what do we learn from this? That we will have life, yeah? But also, it says here in John fourteen six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we have to come through Jesus. So it's about believing in Jesus. As you believe it, then it manifests into reality as you speak it also. So that's why you've got to be careful with what you're saying, what comes out of your mouth. <clears throat> In Romans 6, colon 8 to 11, well, 8, it says, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. In Romans 8, 33, it says, Who dares accuse us, whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. In 1 Corinthians 15, colon 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, but by, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Colossians 2 colon 13 When you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled. Colossians 3, colon 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. 1 Peter 3, colon 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So my thinking, so basically we are born into death. And Jesus came here because he is the word and the life and the truth and the light. And he left with us this light. And we can join him and become one with him. But he comes alive inside us and becomes the living word in the physical reality through faith and grace which we have received from the Father, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So it's about believing and seeing and hearing and 
Just like when a witch's spell is put on somebody, if they believe it, then it has more chance of, of sitting on that person, but also if they've got darkness and sin inside them. So also the word comes alive inside you, but it won't come alive inside you unless you believe it with all of your heart and mind and spirit and soul. And then you become one with Christ, who now lives inside you and is active and sharper than a two-edged sword. Exactly as it says in the Bible, and that is why people will react to you in certain ways because they don't know how to receive you because they've been alienated by you, if you like, and they haven't been made alive yet. They're still dead in their sins because they have not received the forgiveness because they are full of pride and do not feel that they need to seek forgiveness. So because of their pride, the Lord blinds them and with the blindness comes darkness and death. So to be away from the Lord is darkness and death, which comes from pride and sin, which is the opposite to the Lord who is alive, because the devil is dead, lived backwards. And so the people are evil and therefore dead in the darkness, who will not believe the truth. It all works together. <laughs> it really does. It's very, very fascinating, very humbling, actually, also to uh, to have these insights into the words and the understanding of the words. But we also know that Jesus was saying when he when he was here, he was telling you everything that we needed to know. If you just want to have the basics, go and read what Jesus said. And you'll get more of an understanding of what he was trying to show us. My next heading is more on the word of God. What does it mean that the word of God is alive? Question mark. The Bible tells us that the word of God is alive and active. But what does that mean? And how can we apply it to our lives? Question mark. Where does the Bible mention the word of God is alive? Question mark. In Hebrews 4 colon 12. The Bible speaks about the Word of God as being alive. For the Word of God is a living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the hearts. And 1 Peter 1 colon 23 also declares the Word of God as living and abiding since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2 colon 13 says the word of God is at work in believers. 2 Timothy 3 colon 16 to 17 tells us that the word of God corrects, teaches, prepares and equips. And in Psalm 119, it praises its purity, its wisdom and counsel. Many passages describe the written word of God as active. Active means effective and powerful, operative, able to produce an intended result. The word of God achieves God's purpose and brings his desired results. In Genesis 2 colon 7, then the Lord formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils 
and the breath of life, and man became a living being. So he breathed this life into Adam. So, you know, when people say to me, oh, you know, there's clones and all this nonsense. Well, I know there is no clones, not as you would imagine they've tried to tell us. Um, and how do I know this? Well, <clears throat> nothing comes to life unless through the Lord. You know, there's a story in the Bible where Isaiah picks up a flower and he says, can you make one of these from scratch? And of course, they can't do that. So in the same way, man cannot make life because God is the potter. We are the pots. And so they can make shells and copy bodies but they haven't got the spark of life. So when a man has intercourse with a woman and the egg is penetrated by the sperm, it lets off a spark of life. And this is where the Lord's breathing in. And the Lord has chosen who is going to be brought into the world. He is in charge of everything. This is what I have been shown by the Lord and the Bible confirms it. So... It's really simple, and and the Lord counts all your hairs. He decides what color eyes you're going to have, and all of your personality. He knew you before you were formed in the womb. What does that say? And that says a lot, but it's all from a thought which became a word, and it's according to His will. So fascinating, and so no matter how crazy it is, if the Lord shows it to me, then I know it's true. So he showed me also that there's no planets, that um, there's no satellites in the sky because the Tower of Babel was pulled down uh, because when they built this tower, they wanted to reach the heavens and the Lord wouldn't allow it. So he scattered the people and divided the languages. So this is all at the time of Nimrod. When this happened... And so, hmm, this confirms to me. So that was what the Lord showed me. And then he, of course, showed me the transatlantic cable, which was installed in 1866, uh, which is a telephone cable from America to England. And so if we had technology um, that was in the sky, the Lord wouldn't allow it. And this transatlantic cable was... It was actually old technology which we took over. Huh. My next heading is the living and active word. When we define the word of God, we must link it first to creation. In Genesis 1, God spoke the world into being. Hebrews 11, colon 3 says, The universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. In the Old Testament, God spoke in many ways and in many times. His speech often came through the mouths of prophets in Hebrews 1, colon 1. However, in Hebrews 1, colon 2, God introduces a new way of speaking. He speaks through his son Jesus, the heir and creator. Jesus is the word made flesh in John 1, 
colon one. So what I've pulled up is John one. Yeah, and I'm going to read it to you because this gives you a full understanding of it as well. And I'll be reading that to you shortly. <laughs> okay. Um, then we've got the word. Jesus is the word. Um, and so I already told you about the word in heaven and the written Bible and in the flesh. Okay, so I have got it here next. Okay, that's good. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, "This is the one I spoke about." When I said, "He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me," out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son. Who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So, people say to me, "How can Jesus be God? Because who was he praying to? Yeah, when he was in the wilderness for forty days. So, if you've got the ocean, that's the ocean, isn't it? If you take a glass of water from the ocean, it's still the ocean, isn't it?" Doesn't stop the ocean from being an ocean, but you've got a little bit of ocean water with you. That's the way I was shown this,、um, and it was on a lady's TikTok video. And I thought, well, that's incredible. Actually, I'm going to use that.、Um, so it's very useful to have some understanding of that.、Um, and there was something I wanted to discuss when I first set up God FM. I was getting the website done, and I said to the Lord, "Well, what would you like me to put on the website?" And I heard Him say, "In the beginning." <laughs> so that's what I have on the website in the beginning, which is John one. Yes, 
obviously we've got in the beginning and the genesis as well but i think you know the 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 most important thing is to realize what he means by in the beginning because when you know the end you'll know the beginning hmm um so let's talk about the word it's my next heading so we know that the word was a thought in the mind of the lord and then when it was spoken it became reality and it traveled through the vocal cords from the brain out of the mouth and manifested itself into the physical realm in the written form and also in the physical form very interesting now let's talk about text is my next heading the alpha bet and the alpha and the omega so god is the alphabet and he's also the alpha and the omega hmm very interesting adam for example is the name of the first man that was created now if we do some playing around with the word adam we got ma and we've got da haven't we backwards so babies when they start calling their parents mummy and daddy they were saying ma and da but it's usually da 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 and then it's ma isn't it so it's interesting you've got ma and da in that as well and also god is i am as well so if we look at ad am we're adding to am because god is am isn't he I is a statement said a uh, part of the sentence and he is am so add to am that's the way the lord shows me i hope it makes sense abraham was called abram at first so we've got ab which is uh, a for apple b for bravo and then we've got ram and a lamb after a year old lamb of god jesus becomes a ram So we've got Abraham because also the Lord's the beginning the middle and the end. There's nothing new under the sun. Very interesting. But like the word Aries. Yes. Uh and December. So Aries is a rise and December is to descend. It's all connected with the solstices actually and the equinoxes and the sun and the moon and the movements. And in the Bible they would always record the movements of the sun and the moon and um the times and so this was important for the festivals as well and so it all reflects in these sort of things very interesting <laughs> All right my next heading is the whole alphabet downloaded one evening I was woken up half asleep and the Lord downloaded pretty much the whole dictionary of words to my head. And I remember listening and thinking with as all these words were being shown to me. Thinking, "Oh, well, this is amazing. I just wanted to screenshot it, you know, with my phone." <laughs> and I thought, "I won't forget it. It's so amazing." And I just sat there taking it all in. And The only word I can actually remember from this <laughs> was the word so- soil which is so ill because 
after we ate from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Lord, as a punishment, said that Adam would return to the dust from where he came, which is soil, and Satan would eat the dust, which is soil. Hence, illnesses being connected with sin and and being so ill. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Hmm. So anyway, that's the only word I could really remember. And then obviously I've had other words which the Lord shows me every day, uh, which I often talk about, like testy, test eye money. Yeah, test eye money, test your desires of the flesh, see your interest rate in the levels of the Lord, your interest rate level to see whether you're a good commodity or not. Mm. Your investments. Very interesting. All of these very interesting words. And, but also interest is enter rest as well. Inter rest as in, yeah, go into rest. Yes. So you're going to make sure that we, where you choose to rest and put your interest is with the Lord and not with something of the material world, material world of the flesh. So if you're going to show interest into rest, then choose something where you'll know you'll have peace because Jesus is the king of peace. And we are, I believe, Jerusalem because you are Salem. The J is silent. You are Salem and Jesus is Salem. King of Salem, and we are peace. So it's very interesting, I think. So there we are. The word together is also something I talk about, is together. And one day I was praying to the Lord, and I wrote out this prayer, and um, I decided to colour it in. And then I sprayed it with perfume. And that was silly because then the ink started to run. So then I, st- I had to write on the other side and redo the words and write, go over it with a stronger pen and put more colours in. And some of the words had extra flowers around them to, to disguise the messiness of this bit of paper. And then I sellotaped it up once I'd finished and it looked actually so beautiful. And then I put it in my Bible and... One day I was reading through my Bible and out popped this little laminated, home laminated prayer. And I was talking to the Lord and in the prayer was the word together and he showed me it was to get her. Because I was talking to him about Zion and the bride and all of these things at the time. And I was just shown that and I was like, wow, that's just blow your mind. Amazing. I just felt so teeny weeny and so blessed to have heard that and understood it. And, uh, and the other one was uh, maritime. Uh, when I was talking to the Lord about maritime and, and so we must be at the time of the wedding because it's merry time. It's all about the words. He also says that you must be ready, as in read, and then why. Make sure you're 
well read. You know, you've read your Bible. Um, so uh, what else have I got? Also, I've got passion, which is pass I on. So when I was baptizing um, my friend, uh, Marion, she um, had been baptized and we d- were discussing it. And the Lord just gave me an incredible download that day. It was like, wow. You, and he wanted me to talk about it. So I, I did. And I kept getting this uh, incredible download and that passion is pass I on as in passing Jesus on to you through the living water, um, which is the living water through the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's all according to the will of the Father because that can't be executed until someone's died. And Jesus completed a sentence of words, but also for a crime he didn't commit. So uh, you can't execute a will, give out the inheritance till you've identified the children. And it's all connected with the passion, pass I on. <laughs> because you're passing on your inheritance. So naturally, if we are children of God, we would have all those qualities of, of the Lord as true children of God. So beautiful. Not born of, of man, but born of God. Incredibly beautiful, very, very special. The Lord is so amazing, so fascinating, don't you think? Hmm, I think so. Yeah, and so, what else have I got? Um, so much interesting stuff I've got today. It's great, really. <laughs> so, the truth is in the words the Lord told me when I was asking him all about, you know, what's going on and what's been changed in the Bible because I read the Bible, then I read all the other books as well. And the Lord told me that they can't hide the truth. Yeah, because the Lord is the truth and he is the word. I was like, yeah, okay. So th- there's nothing they can do to stop the truth from being the truth or the word from being the word, or from God being God. So I thought, okay. So basically, they'll change everything else in the world, maps, places, <laughs> even vowels and musical tones and changing things, resetting things. But they can't actually change the words of the Bible. And I said to God, do I need to learn Hebrew? And he goes, no, 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 it's all right. You, you don't need to learn Hebrew. Because all of it's in the words. And English, he knew we'd be speaking English today. And it is the most spoken language in the whole world. And it's an incredible language is English. It really is. It's um, totally amazing. <laughs> so when he told me this, I thought, wow. Well, if he's in the words, then we, we've got everything we need. And we do. Because we're part of the word. We're letters within the word. But we're also, as we act out and think and speak, we are the living word manifest. Because we're children of God, made by God. So 
we're illustrating to others the love of Christ and the light of Christ and the truth as well. That's why we're not to hide our lamp in the cupboard. So amazing. Hmm. Um, so yes, what else is there? Hmm. Well, I've put here, God is very fascinating. He's very, very powerful, very interesting. He's also, I found, a bit shy. Very majestic, brilliant, clever, graceful, full of love. Uh, incredibly fascinating. I could spend all my life and all my time just, just talking about God. And so I found this, actually. I've changed. So I don't really care about anything else. That's all I care about is God's. And learning about God, pleasing God, and applying that to every day, trying to anyway. Very interesting. I found as well, if you've got someone who irritates you, and you can't get rid of them, you know, like a governmental figure or whatever, just start talking about God, and they'll soon go away. It's really fun. Very interesting, it is. <laughs> just remind them that God is amazing and so wonderful, and he loves them, and yes, and then they'll soon back off. Hmm. And so, what else have I got? And God also says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your hearts. So, when you realize as well, Jesus says, lay not your treasures on earth, where moth and thief can come and steal and destroy, but lay up your treasures in heaven. Um, and I've actually got uh, ringtones and sex message tones and alarm messages, which uh, basically say these things to help me. And so <laughs> I can be walking around the supermarket <laughs> and my reminder goes, I've got to go and pay for parking. And it goes, lay up your treasures on earth where moth and thief can steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven. <laughs> Yes, fun and games, hey. Mm -hmm. My next heading is God is not like a man. In Numbers 23, colon 19, God is not a man that he should lie, not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Question mark. Does he promise and not fulfill? Question mark. And that's true as well, because God cannot lie, because he is the truth. So amazing, isn't it? Hmm. Hebrews 6, colon 18. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. In 1 Samuel 15, colon 29, and also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. Malachi 3, colon 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Titus 1, colon 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. In Hosea 1, 1, 
colon nine, I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, that holy one in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. So we've got all these reassurances. You know, when uh, the Lord did this uh, covenant with Noah, he gave us the rainbow, the bow. It's also called the bow. And now the transgender movement and the gay movement all use the rainbow. They've got six colors of rainbow. And God's rainbow is, of course, seven or eight or whatever more, you know. <laughs> Very interesting, that, I think. And then John 4, colon 24 says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So that's also important that we connect spiritually to the Lord. Jeremiah 17, colon 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord. In Job 9, colon 32, For he is not a man as I am, that I might answer him, that we should come to trial together. James 1, colon 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. John 14, colon 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we already talked about that. But what I like about this one with James is the Father of lights, as in the light, the life. It's so good. My next heading is, what is the difference between man and God? This reminds me of a situation that I had in my office with a member of staff. And he didn't like doing viewings with my staff members, um, with any of my customers who wanted to view properties. And um, so this was causing a bit of a problem. <laughs> anyway, he persuaded all the other staff as well that they shouldn't do viewings with customers in the car. And so basically I was the only one in the office who was prepared to do it and it so I was getting a little annoyed because I had four staff not prepared to do the work. Or is it three? Four. Yes. So anyway, I thought, right. So I spoke to God about it and he said, right, you're going to have to have a meeting. And the Lord gave me all the words. And I said to this guy, I said, so you're not happy doing this? No, 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 I don't like it. And so anyway, I said, Okay. Um, and so I said, do you think, um, that, you know, I run the business wrong, you, you know, yeah, and I don't think you do this right. And I don't think you, I don't like this. So you don't like the way I run the business and you don't like much about the business. You don't like doing what I ask you to do. And I said, so which side of the fence are you sitting on? He said, well, this side, I said, and what does that mean to you? And he looked at me blankly. I said, oh, I'll tell you what it means. It says, I said to him, I'm on this side of the vent, the, the desk because I'm the boss. And you're on that side of the fence because you work for me. This means you take my instructions and do what I ask you to do, 
within reason, of course. And you're here to benefit my company, aren't you? Yes. But at the moment, you're not really satisfied here. You don't like the business. You don't like this. You don't like that. There's a lot you don't like. You're quite unhappy. I said so. If you're unhappy, then it makes my customers unhappy. It makes my staff unhappy. And it makes me unhappy. And we don't like to be unhappy. So it's about a happy office. So probably best you are going to have to depart and go and work for someone who has the same thinking and they will enjoy your your way of whatever it is that you want to do. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to type up your resignation and you'll be departing today and then that will be that. And then you can go and work for someone who, you know, you're much more comfortable with, you know. And off he went. And so I typed up his resignation. Um there and then and gave it printed it out and gave it to him and I said no obviously I'll give you a reference and you can go off and be happy and we can be happy as well (laughs) and so I think it is about making sure that you're happy as well isn't it if it doesn't feel right then it's probably not right trusting that inner gut feeling about things don't let people treat you badly. People will only treat you as badly as they as you let them treat you. Don't you think so? I think so. Hmm. So what else was there? Just if I've got the words really done. Not like a man. Done that. Man of God, yes, done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The other thing it reminded me of with this chap was that, you know, if you've got a bad apple and you put it in a bowl with other apples, all the other apples will go off. So sometimes you have to deal with things and nip it in the butt before it gets out of hand. Mm. But God is really good because he really helped me. He knows how to handle the incredibly clever way these deceitful people, spiteful, nasty people behave because they are wise in their own eyes. And some of them have an incredible amount of wisdom. So they can pervert things and make things seem good even though they're evil. And so my next thing is God is the potter. And so God is the potter and we are made by the potter as in the clay. And the difference between God and man is that uh, God has made us. And if we seek the advice, because we are pots, if we go to other pots and get advice from them, then we're stupid, really, because we have got access direct to the potter who made us. And the pot is not going to be able to tell us what we need to know. So that's what we had to do before. We had to go through the priest to speak to our potter. But now we can go direct uh, to the Lord uh, on the phone. Hey, it's me. Help. Don't you think that's amazing? And the priests were shutting the kingdom of God. They turned uh, God's house into a bank. Cash point. Literally. <laughs> it's still going on today as well. 
My next heading is the word will not return to me void. Isaiah 55 colon 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. My thinking. So what I get from this passage here is basically everything in the Bible described is within a couple of sentences here. Because the Lord is the word, which is a thought which is spoken, it manifests into reality, and it has a purpose, a journey. And it's called to this journey according to the will of the Father and the purpose of the Father. It cannot return empty-handed or void, but will accomplish exactly what the Lord has intended all along. And that is why the Lord is called the beginning and the end, because the Lord is the beginning and the end, and the author and the finisher, because he is the word. And if he is the word, he has various elements to it as well, which also have characteristics, which are also part of this word, which also must manifest, and then rejoin together as one unit, as we are letters of the word also. And then we are all unified through the love of Christ, as it says in the Bible. So it's a bit like that Mariah Carey song, you know, where it's like love and you're not sure someone loves you, so you let the butterfly fly off. And if it comes back to you, it was always yours. But if it doesn't, it was never yours to begin with. And I think that's such a good illustration of the way you know if it's from the Lord or not, or if it was meant to be. Sometimes you have to let things go. And that's also what the Lord means by don't worry. Because the Lord is the beginning and the end. Um, and with this butterfly, it's just like a relationship, you know, when you're in love with somebody and they can drop you just like that. And you're like, my goodness, and you, sometimes you just can't stop thinking about them. And if you think about it, you know, when someone's rejected you, it can sometimes happen in a family as well, where the family disown you or someone in the family disowns you and they don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. It can feel really hard and hurtful and painful. That how can they reject you and not want you? What's wrong with you? And you do start to question yourself. But what you've got to realize is that they were never worthy of your presence to begin with. If they don't know you, they never knew you. If they don't love you, then they don't know you. And they don't know who the Father is who sent you. It's so amazing. This is what Jesus says. And <laughs> if you want... Anything to use in an argument against your foes, go to the Bible and start using some of the things that Jesus would say. And it's just incredible. Everything is so amazing. Mm -hmm. So what else have I got here? Um, everything that's going on in the world also, we have to remember that this is also according to the purpose and the will of the Father 
and you have to also realize that it doesn't matter because it's all about time, space, and matter, material world. What really matters is your love of Christ and understanding who Christ is. So you can pick up the phone and get in touch with the Father through Jesus Christ, who has set you free from the chains of death. Um, he's conquered the devil. He's conquered death because the devil's dead, lived backwards. And the Lord's always with you because he's called I am. I am going to the shop. So it doesn't matter what anybody says about you, what they do. They can't affect the, God's opinion of you. And the Lord is watching everything. He can see inside their hearts and their minds. That's why it's better as well not to react and fight the battles with these people who come against you. You kill them with kindness. Very nice to them. Diddly dum, hey. <laughs> Just be really polite or don't say anything. So we don't want to be fake, yes, but you can just tell them how much the Lord is real and loves them. And he can save, if he can save a sinner like me, he can save anyone. And, uh, yeah, if you use the word of the Lord in your arguments, that's one thing. But also, if you come against somebody, you can say to them, listen, I put Jesus between you and I. And the ne next time you come against me, you have to come through Jesus because I've had enough of you. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And he says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. So I've had enough of you. I've handed it to Jesus. <laughs> and just watch what happens. Yeah, it's amazing. Hmm. Oh, yes. There was something else which occurred to me as I was writing this about getting intimate with the Lord. Okay. It really is intense, okay, so it's quite hard to get your head round. Um, okay, so as I'm writing this and thinking this, what has been described to me and shown to me is a man, when he has slept with a lady, he knew her. As in, in the Bible, that's what we hear. And so when it would describe Abraham sleeping with Sarah or Adam knowing, uh, and Adam and Eve, it says that Adam knew her, as in slept with her. And then also Jesus turns around and says, I never knew you. But this is because of an intimacy, a very deep, intimate level of relationship that is required that you have with the Lord, an intimate, very interactive uh, relationship. It's like, you know, when you let your heart go and you fall in love with someone, it's that same level of interest and participation on a regular basis that you've known the Lord and he's known you. I think it's very comparable also by also reading the word, uh, you and the Lord become one. Because the more you read the word, the more he comes alive inside you. And it also means then he knows you. Because he's inside you. <laughs> right, what else have I got here? Yeah, and so Jesus also 
says about coming, well, the Lord says to come to him in the closet and pray to him privately, intimately. And so it is like a first love of a child. And you do have to be like a child when you come to the Lord. You are very exposed. You know, a lot of people won't commit or fall in love. Once they get hurt, they won't open their hearts to anyone else. They're scared of getting hurt. And I think this is what happens. And then, you know, when they come to know the Lord, their barrier is so built up that they don't know how to actually let themselves go and ask the Lord into their heart because they've been fighting and dealing with all these battles and filled with rage and anger. And so that stops them. That's baggage, isn't it? You can't get through the narrow gate with lots of suitcases. You have to drop off the baggage because it's a narrow, narrow pathway to follow the Lord. And sometimes you have to let go of everyone. I believe that the Lord strips you back of everybody before he will come into your heart because otherwise you rely on man. That's what happened to me anyway. But he says also about giving you all your desires of your heart by following him. And also he says that a man and woman will become one. So if we are to become like Christ, we want to become one with Christ. And that's very intimate, as in knowing the Lord. It's comparable with making love. Because the Lord is love. So you, by becoming one with the Lord, would illustrate this, manifest it, ooze it in all of your actions. You would display your love and those emotions attached to those characteristics. People would just be, wow, you know, astounded with it. It's blow your mind, isn't it? Very intimate. And the two become one. That's so amazing. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Understanding God. When you know the end, you'll know the beginning. And we know the truth. The truth will also set us free. Hmm. I don't think we have big enough brains to comprehend the glory of the Lord. But we can attempt to find out some of the mysteries of God. I've got the next heading, step heading is presence and also presence. So when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're in companionship as in you're with him, his presence. But he's also a gift, present, isn't he? Incredible gift that Jesus left with us, the Holy Spirit, so that he may be present as a present, as a gift. And Jesus was God's gift to us. He was. He died for us all so that we can all come through Jesus and be rejoined again with the Lord. So amazing. Hmm. Next heading is letters, words, sentences and verses. So in letters, we have different characteristics and movements and sounds. They have personality. Yeah, sometimes they'll jump off the page as I'm reading as well. 
they come alive. Just like I'm told in the Bible, that the Bible is a, a living book. I believe this because I've seen it. When I read words on the pages, they jump at me in certain ways. They separate themselves so I can see what they're actually saying. It's a type of correspondence, yeah, with a letter. So we've got the letters which are to make up a word, and then we've also got all the letters that make up a sentence. But then we've also got a letter as in a piece of paper that someone's written a whole letter to you on. So interesting. Uh, and we've also got the letters, words, sentences, verses as well. Also a story within a story. We've got the beginning, middle and end. When an author constructs a story, they've always got to think of what will happen in each section of the story to maintain the interest level of the reader. But when we read the Bible, we are not just the reader. We are actually participating in the living word and become a construct within it. And it changes who we are because the word is active and alive inside us. And we become living as, as well as we are reborn in Christ. That's why it's his story as in history. It's also about the truth and lies and light and dark, good and bad, rich and poor. <laughs> then I've got vowels, um, consonants, uh, words, sentences, full stop, comma, crossing your T's, paragraphs, chapters, verses, story, book. And then we've got tale. So when you tell a tale, but then you've also got the, the end as in the tale of a snake, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> tale. Yeah. Interesting, a tale is a story, but it's also the end. Isn't that interesting? These are the things I look at and I just go, wow, that's amazing. So I could be here all day going through all these different words. Um, sometimes I do. We've also got movies, cinema. And cinema is, if you go backwards, it's amen, a, uh, I see cinema, amen, I see, um, film is something that would be covered with a, a film, wouldn't it? A camera. Um, go backwards. Good. Ah, Mac. Yeah, Mac addresses. Recording everything. With the Bluetooth. With the people who had the blue banana. But also, camera is arm and antichrist. Because a, the end of camera is A-R-E backwards, and then an M, so arm, and then AC, as in Antichrist. And then we've also got record, and and that's to record something. Isn't that interesting? I think it is. Hmm. Some of the words that I get from the Lord, and these are in my study words of what I've been shown, we've got the New Testament which is also the new will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ and the revelation of Jesus Christ, as in the revealing and unveiling 
just as when you walk up to the altar, you, um, man and wife, uh, he unveils his bride and she is revealed. Up until that point, she walks up with a veil on. But also when you um, come before the altar of the Lord, same word, altar. But altar is also another word for change. So when you come before the Lord, you change because you're no longer just a human being. You're a spiritual being. So the the spirit has come alive inside you and now manifests itself in the physical and now rejoins the Lord in the spiritual on, at the altar of the Lord. But read Hebrews and you'll get to some understanding of what it's saying. Um, okay, then we've also got Testament is like test amen with a T. Hmm. Judgment is to judge men. And then if we look at the word world and we take that apart, we get word and we also get Lord. We get with the word earth, we get ear, hear, heart, because earth is an anagram for hearts. Then we've got together, which I've told you about together. But also the word right. There's so many different spellings and meanings for right. So you've got W-R-I-G-H-T, as in turn right as well. You've got writing, which is a W. So that's got a W in front of it. Um, so right is when you uh, you can be correct. And you can also turn right, can't you? <laughs> Getting myself confused. <laughs> and left as well, left turn, or as in left and departed. Uh, notice that wrong and right are both spelt with a W in front of them. Interesting. Then we got physical and psychical, very similar spellings. The only differences are is after well, the beginnings of those words. So, but they come to the same end, which is I-C-A-L. And then we've got God is the Word. So we mustn't forget that God is the Word. Um, then we've got evil, which is live backwards, devil lived backwards, back, black, lack, white, light, sea, as in with your eyes, but also you've got sea in the ocean. You've got the temple on your head, but also the temple's inside you because we are the temple. But we're also the church because we make up the body of Christ and he is our head priest. But then we are also the um, building blocks of, of the temple. So we've got to make sure that we've got strong foundations and we're on the rock. And the word inheritance is another really interesting word because it's in her items, items, which is like all about time. Will is another one. I will, will, when you die. Sorcery. Um, it's a bit saucy, isn't it? But it's erring away from God because the word err means to go away from God. Hmm. Um. So you're not going to the source by a sorcerer. You're going away from the source. So you're erring away from God. Um, 
as in witchcraft. Hmm. But also you have a saucer, not saucer, sorcery. You've got saucer, which is what they call the UFO flying objects in the sky. Got AI, which is artificial intelligence and aliens and demons. And they are the opposite to God, who is I am, because it's AI. Hmm. Um, artificial intelligence is also aliens, but it's also computers. And then we've also got a virus for an illness. And we've also got a virus for computer. And that I think is really interesting. Then you've got realize and that's also about real and eyes. Have you got eyes to see what's real or not? Yes. <laughs> oh, what else have I got? Um, antenatal clinics. So when you have a child, you go to the antenatal clinic. But the word actually says that it's antenatal, as in against natal. Interesting. But nurse also means omen. So the film Omen was actually telling you all about the the mark of the beast. They'll be implemented by the omens, which are the nurses, as in through the blue banana. Very interesting. I have to tell you everything. Then we've got patience. And so you've got to wait patiently. But then also doctors have patient, patients who go and see them. Then we've got bank and like we've got a river bank where you get your water from. And then you've also got the bank of money where you'd go and get your money out. Then you've got asking as in as king. Don't you think that's interesting? When someone asks you a question, you say, who's asking? Who's asking? Hmm. And then answering is another one. And swearing, swearing. <laughs> Television, tell a lie vision. Or tell a vision. Program is a TV show, but it's also a program on a computer for programming. And then you've got aircraft, as an aircraft as in a witch, because you've got aircraft that fly in the sky as an aeroplane, and then you've also got craft of the air, which is craft of a witch, because, how can I put it, Satan is king of the air. Hmm. Okay, and then we've got time, and with that we can also, we've got I'm, we've got T, and then we've got I, and then we've got me. But opposite is emit. Isn't that interesting? I think that's really interesting that you would emit. Opposite to time is to emit. Emit, emit light. Hmm. Space, uh, which is an ace as well. But it's S-pace. But it's also spaces in words, spaces in time. We've got morning. In the morning, good morning. But is it good morning? Because morning is something you do when someone dies. 
the afternoon. We've got after and then we've got noon. So it tells you where you are in the day. Evening. That's eve and then ning. Or even and then ing. So ing means you're in it. And even means you're evening out. So you've had the day and now it's the night. So it's even. Yeah, interesting. Got Eden, which, you know, you can play around with. You got need. As in, and then need is also about kneading dough, as in the wheat. Because <laughs> we are the wheat. Yes. Okay. Um, and then we've got born, womb, colony. Colony is a funny word because I think it's a bit like a colon and then with a Y. You know, colon is the double dot, you know, at the end of a sentence. But also, a colony is something that you'd put together when you take over a, a place and you'd colonize it with the population that you're bringing into it. Colony is not something that was already established. Uh, like the reason I know this because you get films like Alien. They go, oh, you got to go to go that colony, you know. Hmm. Then you've got culinary. Similar sounding words. Culinary is all to do with food, culinary dish. Then you've got weed, which is a drug, but you've also got weed, which is a plant. Well, it's not a plant like we would, like a wheat. It's a, it's a nuisance. Then you've got the lamp with a P, and then you've got lamb with a B. You've got damp, ramp, vamp, amp, and ample. Bride, pride, ride, and tide. Wife, life, and knife. Knife, knife, yeah. <laughs> Marriage, marry age. Mirage, fake world. Husband. H. Asband, husband. Mother, other, brother. And uh, an other. Father, bather, gather, hath. Lather, rather, brother, bring from mother, sister. <laughs> Ding, jingle, mingle, single, sing, tingle. Marry, marriage, marry, age. Cain, can, able. Cain and able, can and able. I'm ca I can do that and I'm able to do that. And we have Cain and able as the first two children. Can and Abel is cannibal together. Got Cayman, Canaan the barbarian, and Africa's called Barbaria. We got man, main, gain, main and main. There's two mains. So we got M A N E, M A I N, main on a lion, uh, or a horse's mane. And, uh, then you've got pain, rain, Rain again, got two different rains. You've got the rain of this water from the sky, and then you've got rain rule, and then you've got vein. All of these interesting words that I look at. Um, Adam is a day as well. Uh, Eve is evening. Uh, Mary to marry. Jesus, yes, you are. Emmanuel, I'm Manuel. Yahweh, Yahweh. 
Zeus, Zed, us. Hermes, her, me's. Sabbath, S, Abba. Bath, clean. Marriage, marry, age. Honeymoon, honeymoon. Uh, wedding, wed, we, ed, ding. Season, see, sun. Age, dawn. From dusk till dawn, the end. Falls, falls, fall. Praetorium, auditorium, praetorial, and praetoria. <laughs> Roman, romance. Eve, deceived. Byte, as in B-Y-T-E and megabyte. And then you also take a bite out of the apple. We're told that we had the forbidden fruit. And then the phones that we use have an apple with a bite in it. We've got Audi, audio. Got Audi, audio. Got aerial. We've got human. We've got man. We've got I am. We've got man. Stop that round. We've got name. Nam means south, Hebrew, uh, and jug in Latin. Rand is rained, border in Hebrew, cob, Hebrew. Knowledge, know, and you're on the ledge, so you know, but you're on the ledge. And then you've got restaurant, rest or rant. Do you want to go out there? Because I'm a bit tired of cooking. Let's go out and have a rest or a rant. And a rant is an argument. Someone who created all these words had a sense of humour. <laughs> and then we've got think. So we've got the TH and then we've got ink, which is something you use when you write. Um, Apologise and Apollo. They've got the corona, the coroner, person of the dead. And then you've also got coronation. So that would only happen with the dead as well. Because they'd be coronated by a coroner. We've got Buckingham, which is Bucking and Ham. Also, the Lord showed me that he is the pen, the penis, and the woman is the sheet of paper, which is the sheath with the TH. Hmm. Got sovereign, so very rain. Rain. Present day, universal, universe all. Reversal, go backwards, reverse all, because it's verses, isn't it? So we redo the verse all over again, so as in going round and round, 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 down, round. And then we've got Port, Port San Francisco, we've got Port Elizabeth. What's this about Port? Trop, backwards, don't know. A bet, alphabet, is it a bet? What is the meaning of alpha and what is the meaning of bet? Jew is you. You are Salem, peace. The bride has made herself ready, as in red. Why? With a Y. Red. And marry time. So that's just some of the words that I've had. There's so many words. I could be here all day. But that's just to give you a taster of the things that I look at and the Lord has given me to work on 
And I could spend months and years on just that section of words. <laughs> as soon as I learn something, I put it down and I try and see how it relates to the other things. My next heading is verbs, adverbs, nouns, pronouns, and adjectives. Parts of speech, nouns, verbs, adjectives, and adverbs. A noun is a person, place, or a thing. Some examples of a person are sister, friend, Alex, Stephanie, you, me, dog. Verbs are an action word. They are used to describe things that nouns do. Adjectives are describing words. Got adverbs are words that describe verbs. Why am I telling you this? Well, because we've got a book called Proverbs. It's proverbs, as in the actions of the nouns, of the names of the people, of the human beings, as the children of God, the proverbs for the nouns, the people, for the named ones within the... Your name will be engraved and permanently... In the palms of my hands, says the Lord, you will have a new heart and the law will be written on it. And then you've got proverbs. Very interesting. Names, for example, Joshua is also called the son of Nun. This is because he's a precursor for Jesus. And Jesus is also the son of Nun because he has no parents on earth. Interesting. He's also got the son of man and son of God. Then we've got his story as my next heading. So then we, we know that the words and the letters and the sentences and also the verses all come together in perfect unity through love as we are the body of Christ and we are also individual members of the letters of the words as in the book of life. If we are alive in Christ, we are told that we will be witnesses and we will have ears to hear and eyes to see. And that will be because we have the Holy Spirit inside us and we are truly reborn in Christ who comes alive inside us. But he died for us and saved us by the blood from death, sin and darkness so that we can now see his story as in history. And it's also about searching for the truth because the truth will set you free. As in, you know, Jacob, when he has a battle with the Lord, the Lord names him Israel, Israel, and Jacob names the place Pineal, as in the place behind your eye, which is where you get your third eye. Then my next heading is author and finisher. We also know that the Lord is the beginning and the end, and he is also the author and the finisher. That is why Jesus said when he was killed on the cross, it is finished. He also says that when you know the end, you'll know the beginning. What a mystery. We have an incredible Lord. We really do. It's quite fascinating. You know, I could just sit here and talk about it forever. <laughs> I do hope I'm not boring you. <laughs> okay, ready. Um, so, my next heading is author and finisher in the Bible. Jesus is described as the author and the perfecter or finisher of our faith in Hebrews. An author is an originator or creator as of a theory or plan. The Greek word translated author in Hebrews 12 colon 2 can also mean captain, chief leader or prince. In Acts 3.15 uses the same word 
and killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. While the NIV and the ESV use the word author instead of prince. From this we can deduce that Christ is the originator of our faith, in that he begins it, as well as the captain and prince of our faith. This indicates that Jesus controls our faith, steers it, and is the captain, as in steers our ship, and presides over it and cares for it, as a monarch presides over and cares for his people. Monarch is an interesting word, isn't it? Mon, and then arc, as an archangel, like architect. Very interesting. Hmm. And then we've got perfecta finisher complete. The Greek word translated perfecta in Hebrews 12, colon 2, appears only this one time in the New Testament. It means literally completer or finisher and speaks of bringing something to its conclusion. Next heading together through faith, putting the two words together, we see that Jesus as God both creates and sustains our faith. We know that saving faith is a gift from God, not something we can come up with on our own. Ephesians 2 colon 8 to 9. And that gift comes from Christ, its creator. Sustainer of faith, he is also the sustainer of our faith, meaning that true saving faith cannot be lost, taken away or given away. This is a source of great comfort to believers, especially in times of doubt and spiritual struggles. Next heading, creator and sustainer of faith. Christ has created our faith and he will watch over it, care for it and sustain it. It is important for us to understand that God in Christ is only is not only the creator and sustainer of our saving faith, but he is also the sustainer of our daily walk and finisher of our spiritual journey. For if God in Christ is not the author of our new life, and if Christ is not the finisher and perfecter of our faith through the Holy Spirit, indwelling power, then we are neither born again, nor are we the true followers of Christ. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, Philippians 1, colon 6, and Ephesians 1, colon 13 to 14. My next heading is God is the author and finisher, and Hebrews 12, colon 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, Philippians 1, colon 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's important because it was repeated. Sorry about that. <laughs> John 14, colon 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, must be important. Revelation 22, colon 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. John 15, colon 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you also. Hebrews 9, colon 15. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenants. Exactly as I've been saying, yes, you have to have a death before you get your inheritance. 2 Timothy 3, colon 15, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Acts 16, colon 31, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. John 3, colon 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Very, very amazing. And I mean, you've probably heard all of this before, but I just, I think it's just so important. Because without Jesus, we haven't got anything. So it's important to give him glory and praise. Thank you, Father. Okay. Our next heading is the Book of Life in Christianity and Judaism. The Book of Life, Hebrews, transliterated, is Sefer Haichayim, Greek, and I can't read that, is the book in which God records or will record the names of every person who is destined for heaven and for the world to come. Bible verses, Psalm 69, colon 27 to 28, charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. And that was a Psalm of David when he was struggling. Yeah. So, uh, then we've got uh, Daniel 12, colon 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is written in the book of life, will be delivered. And then we've got Luke 10, colon 20. Very amazing. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Philippians 4, colon 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Revelation 20, colon 15, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 13, colon 8, anyone who does not have their name written in the Lamb's book of life will worship the beast, the Antichrist, in the end days. 
Revelation 21, colon 27. Nothing impure shall enter heaven. Only those who have their names written in the Lamb's book of life, essentially, through our salvation in Christ, he makes us pure and able to pass through the gates of heaven. Also, the Antichrist, I believe, is a time, and I think the beast that we worship, if you've received the mark, and he declares a peace treaty for seven years, and then halfway through it, he changes his mind. I think that's all to do with the blue banana. And halfway through that should be about the middle of 2024. And this beast, there's two beasts. One beast works for the main beast, which is Satan. And the beast that works on earth is a man. And I think he's Bill Gates. But that's just my thinking, all right? (laughs) Very interesting, isn't it? Hmm. So I think it's important since we got on to the subject to cover what we need to do to make sure that we are in the uh, living book of life and in the words of life as in Jesus. We want our name written in the book of life. The only way to have it there or unblotted is by placing our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. No other salvation exists except through him, Acts 4, colon 12, we have a calling to share this knowledge with as many people as possible. As it says in Acts 1, colon 8, God calls us to share the good news of Jesus Christ in our home towns, Jerusalem, neighboring towns and regions, Judea, towns of our enemies or strangers, towns, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth everywhere else. We have no excuse not to share this message. Be vigilant for the beast's persuasive sway. When the Antichrist comes onto the scene, if he has not already, anyone who does not have their name in the book of life will worship him. We need to keep a watchful eye for the beast's appearance, as in Satan's appearance. The way you'll know that you're at this time that everyone will follow the beast and they'll all behave as if they are the beast's followers. So, as we're children of God, we behave in the ways of Jesus Christ, in life and truth and love and kindness and grace. But those of Satan behave in perversion, crookedness, wickedness, evil, lies, death, darkness, killing, and all those horrible things. Yes? See? And that's kind of happening at the moment. Also, evil becomes good and good becomes evil. And we're getting that on the TV at the moment. Earlier today, there was an advert for Victoria Plum Bathroom Centre. And it was a family. Yes, two adults and a child. Two females, actually. And one of the females was dressed as a man and was the man of the house. And it was absolutely wicked. And this is on daytime TV now. Making it normal for children to see this kind of thing is just a perversion, isn't it? Confusing the poor minds of the innocent young children, making them believe that men and men are meant to be together 
and the women and women are meant to be together, that they can dress and change their sexes and all these other things is utterly disgraceful. It's complete two fingers up to the Lord, isn't it? That they don't want to follow the Lord. It really is. It's the winking and the pulling funny faces and the schemes and the plots of the wicked, isn't it? Yes, the crooked people. But God will straighten them out. Hmm. So, hmm. We need to make sure that we're saved. We got to always be redoing the sinner's prayer every day because he is the daily life, daily bread, daily sacrifice and daily life. Yes, I suppose that. Thank you, Father. Okay. My next heading is abracadabra. It's interesting when you look at the word abracadabra because it's abra as an Abraham, Abraham, and cad, which is C-A-D, Christ after death. And then bra as which is the beginning again beginning the middle and the end as in the alphabet the alpha and the omega totally amazing and maybe that's why they use it in magic the abracadabra because they know a lot more than we know because they've got it all they've taken all the hidden books you see uh next heading is gospel and with the gospel it's uh through the Lord and his spoken word that the living world comes to life. So as you speak the words, you spell out the words, and as you spell it out, becomes alive and becomes part of the physical world. It moves, it contains spirit, a physical world, a physical essence, and where it was only a sort of thought now becomes manifest into reality. This reminds me of what James says about thought. So how thought can also get carried away. And I'm going to read you, James, 1, colon 15. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. So it all starts with an idea in your head. I think I could do that. They've got more than I have. I don't think they deserve that. No, they've got a nicer husband. Or they've got a nicer wife. Or they've got a better car. Never compare. Never, ever compare. It's the worst thing you can do. Because there's quite a lot of people who are jealous, right? And they they hate someone, but they can't really tell you why they hate you, that person. And it's because they they secretly are jealous, but they won't admit it. Because, you know, it's like this, right? If I see someone drive up in a really nice, sexy car, yeah, and it's really pizzazzy and all that. Or if I see a woman dressed up really nicely, I'll say, you know, I love your car. So nice. Wow, that's smooth. I love the engine sound. It sounds like that thing could race as if it was, you know, on a rail or something, you know. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if I see someone who's got really nice bag or shoes, I, you know, I'll say to them, I love your shoes. Amazing. Good. I think it's nice. If someone has a nice house, I'll say, I like your house. Very nice. Very amazing. In England, it's very different, you know. 
If you've got a nice house, no one will tell you. If you've got a nice car, then they won't look at you. They'll purposely look away. If they're jealous of you, they'll tell all their children not to be friends with your children at school. Yeah, stuff like this. Really wicked. <laughs> but in America, if you've got a nice car, you know, it's okay. It's like really good. In Africa, it doesn't matter what your house looks like. It's about your car. <laughs> so you can live in a trash can. But as long as you've got a nice car. So, yes, that's very interesting, I think. <laughs> okay. So now we're getting to the core of it, which really got me going with all of this, is tetragrams. Okay. But also, it's God's name is a tetragram. God is a tetragrammaton. So not only is his name a tetragrammaton, but he is a tetragrammaton also. So amazing. Wow, I thought this is so amazing. So this is an example of lived as in um, lived backwards is the devil. So these are examples, all right? When I was searching for other words, it was quite tricky to find, but I did find some as well. But let's find out what it says about te tetragrammaton. The tetragrammaton is from ancient Greek, uh, consisting of four letters, or the tetragram is the four-letter Hebrew word, and that's where God's name's written, four letters. It's got like a, it looks like a house with one arm missing, and then uh, a curvy line that goes down, and then another house with one arm missing, and then a little sort of hook, comma, above. And it's translated as Yahweh, uh, which is the YHWH, the name of God in Hebrew. The Bible tetragrammaton, the tetragrammaton or the tetragram is the four-letter Hebrew thenonym, the name of God in Hebrew of the Bible. The four letters written and read from right to left are Yod, he, wo, and he. The name may be derived from a verb that means to be, to exist, to cause, to become, or to come to pass. Next heading, God's name is a tetragrammaton in the Bible. The Hebrew name for God revealed to Moses on Mount Sinai, Exodus 3, consisting of four consonants, Y, H, V, H, or YHWH, and regarded by Jews as too sacred to be pronounced, it is usually transliterated as Jehovah or Yahweh. Examples of the tetragrammaton or tetragram, for example, the word bridge contains three tetragrams, brid, ridge, and idge, and I'll spell that, B-R-I-D, and then the other one is R-I-D-G, and the other is I-D-G-E. Theoretically, theoretically, the number of possible tetragrams is 264 or 456,976. However, only about 50,000 or 60,000 of these can actually be found in English words. But you can also make up many words from the word bridge. Bridge is bride. Right, good, dire, and many more. That's what I enjoy doing when I have more spare time. 
<laughs> My next heading is words that mean the same thing backwards. Oh, don't mean the same thing backwards, but you can you can spell them backwards and you can say something. So, dessert is stressed. Live is evil. Nets is stink. Sports is strops. Regal is lager. Pupils is slip up. Raw is war. Smart is trams. Pals is slap. Snug is guns. Lived is devil. God is dog. Backwards. Straw warts. Time emits. Hmm. My next heading is God's name. Since I know that the Lord's name is a tetragrammaton, it contains a lot of power and they have purposely told us not to speak his name because this removes the authority and the velocity and the power along with the mechanical aspects of the words spelled out through audio, sound and written as in the power of the name of the Lord. In my opinion, this is because they don't want you to know the power of God's name. And so I want to quote to you where the Lord tells us to speak his name because he tells us that every nation shall proclaim his name. And he also, what he tells me is different to what man tells me. And so we must remember that we must listen to God and not to man. And also the fact that Jesus' name also has so much power, I can cast out demons in the name of Jesus Christ and heal people. And I also know that the demons are frightened of Jesus' name. So we also need to look at this, the fact that Jesus' name has so much power, he is the author, means that his name will contain many secrets to open these aspects of life itself and time because it's all about time, space and matter. We're trapped in a matrix world. Jesus tells us that he is the door and we must remember he is the only way. Jesus is trying to tell us so much when he speaks to us. <laughs> he also told us that all the priests in those days were snakes and frogs. So they probably weren't human beings. A bit like the Betty Davis eyes. Have you heard that song? Betty Davis eyes, yeah? Well, if you look at Betty Davis eyes, you'll find that Betty Davis eyes have this little round area in the white area, which is the eye. I don't know all the names of it. Left school early, can't remember. So you've got the little black bit and then you've got a bit around it. That little bit is smaller in the fake people, yeah? And uh, so you can actually see around that area and you can see white above and sometimes below and sometimes both on the fake people because you don't get it on normal people. But it's also an indication that they're inhabited by demons. Yeah. So the Lord was trying to tell us all these things. Hmm. But he also is telling us that we must say his name and the whole world will know his name. And he's trying to share something about the authority and the power of who he is with you. And then we have human beings telling us that we mustn't speak the name of the Lord. It's actually 
the fake Jews who tell us this. So after Jesus was killed, they really went to work at this to remove God's name so that we didn't have an idea of the authority and the power of the, the Lord's name. Also, there's salvation through now the name but Jesus and the fake Jews tell us that we must call Jesus another name. But I believe that the Lord is in control. So he knows his name and that's why it's written as Jesus in the Bible. Because if he wanted to write his name as Yeshua, he would have written it as that. So we need to be protective over the truth and the word, not just to sort of sit on the fence. He hates it if we sit on the fence. So now I'm going to read you this quote that is from the Bible. God's name quotes in the Bible, Ezekiel 39 colon 7. I will make known to my people my holy name among my people Israel. I'll read that again. I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. I will no longer let my holy name be profaned. And the nations will know that I, the Lord, am the Holy One in Israel. So, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that we're meant to know the Lord and his name, and we're meant to preach his name and speak his name. He doesn't tell us that we mustn't speak his name. He tells us that we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. He tells us that everyone will know his name. And he wants everyone to worship him and his holy name. So how can they do that if they don't know his name and they're not allowed to speak it? See? That's how you can uh, unravel lies. (laughs) I don't know. It's really simple. Okay, next heading, yours and ours. So, for example, with the word yours, if you take off the Y, you get ours as an O-U-R-S. And you also, uh, with wife, you get take off the W, put L there, you've got life. The book of Ruth, put a T in front of Ruth, and you get truth. Also, Ruth marries a Moabite, a half-Moabite, and Ruth is a Moabite. And uh, anyway, she decides to follow her stepmother, Naomi, and worship the same God as Naomi. And this is a clear illustration of how much the Lord will accept anybody from any tribe if they decide to follow the God of Abraham and dedicate themselves and really commit, then he will bring them in and they will become his children. So I think this is very, very important because the Lord wants us to have an understanding of his love. And there is no restraining on the love of God either. But the fact also that Ruth is a full Moabite and Boaz is half a Moabite, and those were our enemy. Well, they weren't enemy, but they weren't our sort of people, yeah? All right. Um, And then we know that David... His great-grandmother was Ruth. And so this gives us a clear illustration that God can use anybody for his grand plan. Then we've also got uh, Adam, which is Atom. 
isn't it? Don't you think that's amazing? So we've got Atom and Adam. Atom is Ma and Da, which I've already said. We've got I am, we've got Eve, which is even. Yeah. But also from what I've been able to find out, God is one. Yes. Male is one, Adam. And a woman is two, even. So interesting. <laughs> but it's also about words and numbers. Um, and I think as well, it's all very fascinating. I mean, who am I to be able to try and figure it all out? You know? So. <laughs> okay. So where was I? Two seconds. Yeah. That's it. Good. <sighs> so, yeah, the Lord is called a tetragrammaton. Uh, and I think this is so very, very interesting. Um, also, God is electric. Uh, he tells us about his people, which are elect. Yes, as in electric. Really, really interesting. <laughs> and there was a time when I went around the town and there was a place called Electricity House. Uh, and it's the government building. Electricity House. So interesting. Um, my next heading is the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the word is a journey through, and it will not return. So the word is a journey, but it's also, it's got its own personality. Think of it like a human being, and it's traveling through. It's got its own personality. It's got its own little... Um, characteristics. It cannot return void to the Lord. It's here to be refined and mastered to its full capacity and electrified. I believe it has to be tested and put through the fire and it comes alive inside you. Hence you being tested. So it's like when you've got a blade and you've got to sharpen it, you've got to rub it up against, um, the, the sharpener thing. And it sometimes lets off sparks. So that same sort of thing is the more you sharpen the word who's inside you, it does hurt because, you know, you've got to take off the little bits of rough edges to make it smooth and sharp so it cuts through steak real good, you know. So in the same way, we have to be sharpened and refined in the same way. <laughs> so... um <laughs> But, yeah, you have to experience all of these things, black, white, good and bad, rich and poor, um, because you have to experience it so that you search for righteousness. <laughs> but also, I was thinking, you know, because we're told that the saints will judge all the nations, we also know that um, this is so important that if you are going to be a saint, the Lord would announce it, number one, so we can't call ourselves saints until, you know, the Lord announces it. We may find out we're not saints. Many are called and few are chosen. And Jesus does turn around and say, I never knew you to a lot of them. But if we are going to be saints, you'd have to have a really good understanding before you judged people of what they're going through and you'd be able to relate to them. And if you've gone through something similar, then you would relate. 
and you'd feel sympathy and you'd try and, uh, you know, come up with the best possible solution. If there was a resolution, then you'd be looking for the way to help them in the best possible way. You know what I'm saying? So that's what uh, I think as well. Okay. Uh, okay, so what else have I got? Heart and earth, well, we know that the earth is uh, an anagram for the heart. So that's where you come, I believe, to be tested on your heart. Um, we've also got Zim Zalabim Bambazla Duzaladim, which is something that I learned when I was a child. I'd be saying Zim Zalabim Bambazla Duzaladim. At school, we learned this. And I always wondered what it was. But we learnt it in school and I think it was the German teacher who taught us this. And uh, yes, I think that's very amazing. At school, when we were learning this, I remember thinking, I wonder if, you know, when you learn the alphabet, you sing the alphabet. And you go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And also with numbers. Did you sing numbers? You know, we used to do two plus two and all of these things. And also what I, I had from the Lord was um, a lot of the symbols that we have for oxygen, for pi, um, are very similar symbols to um, the writings of the Egyptians, but also um, the writings of the Greek and the Hebrew and all of these other things. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of this connects and it's about exploration. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then my next heading is the word of God is living and active. In Hebrews 4 colon 12, meaning of the word of God is living and active. Um, Hebrews 4 colon 12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the hearts. So, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is because if the word of God cuts through the flesh, think of the power, because it is like a knife, and it is a two-edged knife, isn't it? And it's about sharpening it, like I said, and it fits so well. And so it's dividing the soul from the spirit as well. That's, I think, amazing. It also says that there's two separate entities inside a human being. There is a soul and a spirit. That you've got joints and marrow. That's also interesting because your bones are made of marrow and then you've got the joints and you've got bits of glycerin, glycerin or whatever it is, glycerin or whatever. Yeah, you know, and it's just, it's incredible. You've got tendons and all these different elements that make us who we are. And so 
if you think about it, it's like the construction. We've got to make sure that we've got all of these pieces working. But the next heading here is explanation and commentary on Hebrews 4, colon 22. The word is a mysterious and powerful force. It refers to the will of God in Galatians 1, colon 4. The truth of God in John 17, colon 17. The good news of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 1, colon 25. The decrees of God, Jeremiah 22, colon 29. The Holy Scriptures, Matthew 15, colon 6. And the Son of God, John 1, colon 14. The word is eternal. It has been said that if we read the written word with faith, then it begins to read us. Nothing is hidden from God, nothing about our own motives, our own desires, our own hearts, or our own desires and emotions are hidden from the word of God. Though it is hidden from ourselves, God is alive and active. So his word is alive and active. Our hearts are laid bare before his word, his truth and his understanding. Breaking down the key parts of Hebrews 4, colon 12. For the author has been explaining that the Israelites were saved out of slavery in Egypt and promised a great rest in the promised land as God's children. But they did not enter that rest because of their unbelief. They fell away and perished without the promise. I think that's so important that we've got to maintain our way with the promise having been fulfilled. Therefore, because the word is living and active, it promotes still stands. What this promotes still stands and and it is a warning as well. The Word of God, Christ is the Word made flesh. The Bible is the Word written. This is the case of usage, refers to the revealed will of God and the message to his people to persevere to the end. It is part of the grace of God for the eternal security of the true Christian that we would be admonished not to fall away as part of his plan to keep us from falling away by his spirit and his warnings. The true believer will do what the Israelites had been unable to do and enter into his eternal rest. Is alive and active today. If you hear his voice, Hebrews 3, colon 8, today is still today because the word is for every day. It is alive, it moves and breathes, it never changes, but the specific application and the audience change with each passing moment. Sharper than any double-edged sword, Christ appears in the Revelation with a two-edged sword from his mouth in Revelation 1, colon 16. Sometimes a double-edged sword refers to figuratively to something with a positive and a negative consequence. Perhaps the meaning of the same here, but in any case, a double-edged sword is more effective at laying open the heart to expose what is inside it. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word will read you 
through and through, it is both powerful and rare for someone to truly know themselves. The world, sorry, the word will show you who you really are, your thoughts and what's behind them, along with your heart, attitudes and postures. Christians don't grow when they don't want to know themselves. Allow the word to penetrate into your soul and let God in. I think this is totally incredible, really amazing. And it does, it penetrates, it totally cuts apart. You can't argue with the truth. It's very sharp. <laughs> it really gets up people up their noses. When God gets angry, he says, oh, it's like smoke up his nostrils. Smoke up my nostrils. <laughs> my next heading is God is alive with us. So we know that the Lord is with us because he's called I am. Jesus said, he had to go, but he left us with his helper, which is the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus coming alive inside us and the truth. When we have eyes to see and ears to hear, we are also the witnesses through the Holy Spirit, which is the truth that comes alive inside us. It's also about the two different languages because there are two different languages. When it comes to Jesus Christ, it's all about knowing the truth. Jesus is the light and the life, and he is the truth. And then we have the devil, and he is the opposite. He is dead, darkness, lies, and death, and, and all the horrible things. And Jesus is right when he says the truth stands alone. It it cannot be divided as well. It stands on a rock. It cannot be divided. If the truth is, if the kingdom is, if a kingdom is divided, it will not stand. So the truth also cannot be divided. So, because Jesus is the truth and he is also the kingdom, the king of kings. So amazing, preaching the kingdom of God. Hmm. But also it means that if you don't want to know the truth, then you are filled with darkness. And if you have darkness inside you, how deep is the darkness? Because the truth comes with the light so that you can see. But you cannot see when you're in the dark, not when you're in the lies. So when you know God, you know the truth and the light and the life that emanates from you and radiates when you speak to other people. Your Holy Spirit talks to the other people's Holy Spirit and this is why people are attracted to you, but also it's why people reject you. Because if they're in the darkness, they don't want you to shine the light on them. Because the word is living and has manifest inside you. But it's about being clean. Regular repentance every day, washing yourself clean with your daily prayer. Because Jesus is our daily sacrifice and daily bread. Because this is a war and it's a spiritual war between evil and good. And entities we cannot see because it's spiritual of nature. Also, we have to fight for the truth because we've got to be full of truth. Otherwise, it gets corrupted. And we don't want anything to become crooked. Whatever gets crooked, the Lord will actually straighten it out because he's a specialist in doing this. <laughs> but 
The darkness hates the light and it wants to destroy it. But it also has no power over the light and it has no understanding or comprehension of the light. So it's alienated. <laughs> and it's not part of it. But at the same time, it wants to magnify itself above the light. But it cannot. Because the light passes through the darkness until there is no darkness. And that's why Jesus tells you not to put your light inside the cupboard, but to shine your light amongst others, because you are to shine the light of Jesus, filling them with the truth and the love and the light and the life of Jesus, because you are a beacon in your own right, in your own sense. This is also why Jesus says you will know them by their fruit, because you cannot grow fruit on a weed. So, you have got wheat and you have got weeds and they will compete with one another. And so you've got the good and the bad, the rich and the poor, the good and the bad and the, you know, all of these elements. And that's how you can tell we're in this world to make our choices between the light and the darkness there. But also because we've got this light, which we can call on, we can see where to go whenever we get darkness and we get stuck in it. But sometimes we need to be in the darkness to see the light and use the light to get out. And then we can help others in those same situations because they'll phone you up and go, oh, it's dark, I don't know how to get out of here. You go, it's okay. Just all you need to do is this, 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 and pray to God and then you'll be able to see your way out of this mess. So, isn't it amazing that the Lord is the Word and the truth and the light and the life and He comes alive inside you and He is alive. He is the living God, mighty to save and He loves you so much and He cares about, about you all the time. You know, if, you, if you're wandering around and you're struggling with life, and you're not calling on the Lord, it'll really pain him. So it's best to confide in the Lord. A lot of people think that the Lord's too busy, but he's not. He wants to hear from you. And so it's important to pray to God and go, hey, I don't know what to do. You have to surrender it. Sometimes, you know, when you're having a bad time, it's a good time to do a clutter clear out and dig out the old feelings about how you actually feel about certain people. Because if you've got unforgiveness, God won't forgive you. So it's important. If you're having a tough time, there might be some unfinished business which you might have just pasted over a bit of cement over it, but the problem's still there. So you can cover it up, but the Lord can see it. So always got to work on it. Always got to look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. Do-do, 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 do-do. Yes, so interesting. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the the fact that the Lord is a tetragrammaton, I think that's so amazing. And um, everything about the Lord is so amazing and that he is the beginning and the end. Um, it's just blow your mind, isn't it? All glory to the Lord. And I think also be, be very uh, proactive in trying to please the Lord, that everything you do is pleasing to the Lord. You know, the stories of Esther, what I really liked about Esther 
is she would always say to Xerxes, the king, um, she'd say, if it is pleasing to the king, <laughs> and then she'd speak. Yes. And then, he, you know, in the end, he says, ask whatever it is you want. I give you all of my kingdom, half of my kingdom, he says. So beautiful. Um, so remember we have victory. We do. The devil is dead, lived backwards. Because we know that the Lord is the author of life itself. You wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the Lord. So we also know that he is the beginning and the end. So he knows the plan and you need to trust him. And it is just about trusting the Lord. It is about faith and it is about believing. And it is about the ghost bell, goth bell. <laughs> because what you read manifests into the reality and becomes real. Wow. It's just a, it, the living word. It's um, very, very incredible. And a real honor to be alive at this time. Because I think there's a lot of people who've gone through some very difficult times and they've come to the same conclusions that I've come to. That, you know, God is most certainly real. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Read all about it. <laughs> God is real. You know, come and get your paper here. Come and buy your gospel. God is real. Read all about it. Ah, oh, dear. Yeah. And so you got to believe this. you got to believe it with all your heart. And we know that the Lord is a thought that manifests into reality. So if we are children of the Lord and Jesus, and he is the first fruit, then he says also, you will do greater things than I. Yes. All you need to do is believe with a small amount, as small as a mustard seed, and you can move a mountain. That's what Jesus says. And if God is with you, who can be against you? So it's about believing. And it's also about thinking and knowing, yes, and having power over your mind. And this is a war of the mind. So making sure that you believe that God will find a way that where there is no other way. And uh, and he will provide. He will. He always will. Just now, I had uh, someone earlier ring me about some situation. And it, it was very, very severe. And they're not a big God follower. So, uh, anyway, I've known them for a long time. Um, and so they knew me before I became a minister for the Lord. And so... I said, well, let us pray. <laughs> so he we did this full prayer. And, uh, and he, you know, I know the Lord will sort it for him. And it was a really horrible problem. And so, um, I want you to know that no matter how bad things are, there's other people in the world going through worse than you are. Okay. But also, when you go through these trials, you'll be able to compare them with others. But also, one of the things I've found is every time something bad happens, I go, oh, goodness, here we go. And then I compare it to other things. 
And I go, well, God provided for me then. And the more trials I go through, the more tested I am, the more I realize that God's real because he provides a way where there is no way. And and he will seat you in front of your enemies and give you the best food and fine dining you could possibly ever experience and sit you there at the best table and your enemies will watch. It's so interesting. And he'll destroy your enemies and scatter them. That's what he did for me. And so it's about having a childlike faith. It really is. And because it brings us back to him somehow. Back to that innocent love. You know, like animals and children. It's so beautiful when you think about it. Little children are so innocent, so loving. And they'd never harm anyone, just curious and interested. And animals are the same. And we're just like that. We're just grown up versions of that. So go back to your youth. Be who you were when you started out. Get the old you back out. Don't be frightened. Don't be frightened. God's with you. You can come out now. You can be you again. You can. What I found is I spent so much long in my life thinking that no one liked me. But I kept myself hidden. No one really got to know me. And then... And I didn't have anyone. I only had God. I found out that God loved me. And I actually started to like me as well. And then there was nothing else to lose. Because if they didn't like me and they hadn't even seen the real me, then they were really in for a good one. So I thought, you know, I've got nothing more to lose. So now it's just the real me. That childlike, innocent side. <laughs> and I've also got this other side, just like a fierce, protective mother side. And that stands up for myself. I think we've all got that, you know. And I think it's just blow your mind, isn't it? And And I hold on to the Lord with everything I have. Because my life depends on it. My soul, my spirit, it yearns for the Lord, the love, the companionship, the light, the warmth. I can feel the Lord, you know. When I talk to the Lord, I can feel him near me and I can feel the peace, the joy, this contentment in knowing there's nothing to worry about. Because the Lord is there and he loves you. And his love is unconditional. doesn't matter what you do. So beautiful. Let's close with the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know you are the Son of God and I know I am a sinner. I believe you were raised again from the dead. 
and I beg forgiveness for my sins. I'm truly sorry for uh, everything that we did against you, Father. I wish to follow you. Please forgive me and my family for anything we've done against you. I'm washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan and his cronies in the name of Jesus. And if my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons or the Masons or any tarot readers, Ouija boards or any pagan festivals, I ask you, Lord, to remove any chains of generational curses and to break those chains and break the generational curses in the name of Jesus for me and my family, past, present and future. In the name of Jesus, I am washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for loving a wretch like me, warts and all, because no one else did. And you loved me when no one else was there. And you are my hero, my knight in my shining armour, and I give you glory and I give you praise for it. I pray you will give everyone peace and joy and happiness in their hearts, minds, spirits and souls at this crazy time. I pray for all our brothers and sisters in Christ, that you'll give them the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding to navigate this world and the finances to support themselves supernaturally in these tough times and that the people will have a way where there is no way that you'll provide them a light in the darkness and show them who you are and your mighty presence as king of kings a mighty mighty king of kings who's alive the living god i thank you I also pray that all demons will flee when they see us coming and be petrified that we'll shine the light of Jesus to others that they may also find the light, the life and the truth of Jesus in the word. I pray for my enemies also that you'll give them a chance to come to the Lord so that we won't have enemies anymore. They'll become our brothers and sisters as well. If they refuse, that you will just shield us from them. I pray that you will come back soon. And I pray that we all be ready. And if there's any areas that we need to work on, I pray that you will highlight it to us. So that we are all ready and worthy to come before your holy, holy throne. And sing your praises in Jesus' mighty name. I love you, Lord. This is Aisha from God FM. Have a lovely day. God bless you.